Jerry Fragon and Doug Connolly work for Taylor Fragon Capital Management. All opinions expressed should not be relied upon for your individual investment advice. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Taylor Fragon Capital Management and its clients may maintain positions in securities discussed. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon Capital Management. If you are a Taylor Fragon client, please remember to contact Taylor Fragon in writing if there are any changes in your personal financial situation or investment objectives for the purpose of reviewing, evaluating, or revising our previous recommendations and or services, or if you would like to impose, add, or to modify any reasonable restrictions to our investment advisory services. A copy of Taylor Fragon Capital Management's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. Thank you for joining us for the 42nd installment of the Long Only Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. I was actually taking it back. 42? 42. 42. Wow, where does the time go? Pat Tillman, Ronnie Lott. I'm trying to think of any other 42s. I think they're both 40. Uh, Ronnie Lott's well, 42. come on, you're missing the most important one. Jackie Robbins. Oh, yes, that's true. true. A great all-around athlete, not just a great baseball player. Although Pat Tillman is up there, of course. Yes, yes. Have you read the... Ronnie Ronnie Lott was a great quarterback, but I wouldn't put him in the category of Jackie Robinson. No, as a player... In the category of Pat Tillman. As a player, Pat Tillman was... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pat Tillman was an interesting cat. Yes. Hard to pigeonhole him. Very, very... Yes. Have you read the Crack Hour book on him? I have not. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I'll have to check it out sometime. Yep. I'm not sure he and I would agree on much, but the man had honor. So. I think he was an atheist. Yeah. Yeah. So, but hey, he laid on the line. Yeah, absolutely. He did. So I remember reading a story. I first heard about him actually in real time before he was famous. There was a Sports Illustrated article written, a Sports Illustrated article written on him when he was, I mean, a couple of years before the before the military and everything like that. He was a senior at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And he was just, back then, he was an interesting enough character that they said, hey, you know, you're going to want to write a story on you. And he said, uh, his coach was talking about redshirting him. Mm. And so he said, hey, look, you can play me as a freshman or you can not play me as a freshman. But either way, after four years, I'm out of here. I got things to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I can appreciate that having yep. been a college athlete. Yeah, but back then, most guys were trying to, well. Right, I, the five-year plan didn't, didn't work yeah. for me either. Yes, exactly. Who can graduate in only five years these days? So I don't know. I remember yeah, when I They, when, they well, want to milk you for everything they can. When I was in college at the end, I was doing this uh, dance where I was kind of trying to figure out ways to extend it without really completely irresponsibly extending it. The longest I could really get was like four and a half years. Well, you know, the COVID era has brought us this crazy, you know, for athletes, this is where, you know, they... there's guys that have been in there, I think now six years, you know, with still eligibility to play. So you'll end up sooner or later, they'll be running it out. So far you can get multiple graduate degrees and still be playing collegiate athletics. But anyway. Well, actually I just read this. My brother told me that and I didn't believe it, but there's an Oregon player who has been granted a ninth year of college eligibility. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So how many uh, degrees can you get? Well, of course, if it's, if you're still doing it in nine years, you may still be working on the same. That's enough time. You can become a bachelor's degree. You can become a priest. (laughs) Yeah. Not that long. Let alone a doctor. So 
All right. So back to this topic at hand. Apparently, we had a lot of stuff to talk about, and Pat Tillman, Ronnie Lott, and was not Jack Roberts were not on the list. So, no. all right. Well, oh, first, before we get too deep in the weeds, let's get the housekeeping out. Uh, in, you can email us at longonly at taylorforgone.com. Also, check us out on Instagram, taylorforgone.investing. I should know this. <laughs> taylorforgone.invest. <laughs> I think it's dot invest. Yes. So, uh, and yeah, it'd be funny. Go to taylorforgone.invest. It's us. And then taylorforgone.investing is a site about mixed martial arts gambling or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and rate us on iTunes. So the Instagram page, I always, I just go to Instagram and it's right there. The Instagram page is beautiful. I'm biased, but it is, it's, it, it looks good. So check us out. We'll be growing it, putting content it on there. Cool. Yeah. It's a good page. It's well done. So, and I said rate the podcast, so rate the podcast on iTunes. And again, we appreciate February was by far our busiest month ever. We appreciate the downloads. Almost probably 80% higher than our previous high month. So cool. hopefully people are listening. Feel free again to, to uh, email the show. All right, Jerry. Doug. What do you first want to talk about today? I don't know. We normally ask this before we roll, but today you said you were so cocksure and confident that you had material I think for I said us. I was fit to spit. You were fit to spit. You did say that. You even made me read something in preparation. I did. I did. Our uh, our good friend George Gilder was putting things in print this last few days that I I wasn't fit to spit about his what he wrote. I was just, you agreed with it. Yeah, I was agreeing with that. But I, what he is basically saying, and kudos to George and Richard Vigilante and Steve Waite and any of those other guys that I might be missing in his group. We've talked a lot about this over-focus on the Fed, Fed speak and Fed this, Fed that. In fact, we even wrote a blog post that was exactly that title, Fed this, Fed that. We, we're we're um, over-focused on the Fed over-focused. The world is over-focused. Yes. We're, we're, we're over-focused on the over-focusing yes, we're, of the it's, it's a, Fed over-focused. It's a tough spiral to pull yourself out of. It is, but but it's a spiral and it's it needs to be pulled out of. The, the, the landing needs to be... Stuck. Complete and done. Terry Strug that landing. Yes. Yep. Um, let's not go into women's gymnastics. The So what we're trying to get at here is there's this view that the Fed, certainly they think that they are the arbiters and managers and determiners of economic activity. We've always said that's ridiculous, but um, it, it takes great minds like, George to be able to put into words exactly why that is. And he, there was one comment that was in or aspect in his latest report, which, which said, but Lenin and Stalin were, were monetarists before Milton Friedman were. And, and how did that work out? Um, in other words, they were constantly trying to manipulate money supply as a means to be able to control the economic activity and just flat out does not work. And the reason for that is that and I go back to something that Dick Taylor said to me when I was very early in my mentoring relationship with him, or I should say where he was in, the, in his mentoring relationship with me as the mentor, I was the mentee. Um, I don't know if that's a word, but anyway, mentor mentor, mentor Anyway, had um, one. The, your currency is the credit rating of your nation. If you think about that a little bit, you know, that has to do with, you know, what is, what do outside observers think about putting money in your currency? 
And to whatever extent that your currency is strong, or at least stable, that means you probably have a good credit rating. To the extent that your currency is falling apart, you probably have a pretty, that's a pretty bad credit credit rating. And no doubt there's the tendency to think of the U.S. economy and the U.S. dollar as the best house in a bad neighborhood when you think of the, you know, the general, you know, first world, say G7 nations, maybe G8 if you want to throw Russia into it. No, we don't. So G7. I prefer pretty one still at the bar at last call. Maybe but, that's it. Okay. But even, it, neither here nor there, the, the, the dollar has been strong in this period of run, what seems like runaway inflation. Um, and, and, it, and certainly in dollar to dollar terms, it, you know, prices have obviously gone up. But, you know, you can go to places like Argentina, which, of, of course, is the poster child for how not to run an economic policy and, and how not to run monetary policy, I guess you would say. And that more importantly, how not to run an economy. And that's what we want to get at with this 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 point that George was making is, you know, we can, we can buy what go to Argentina and buy a huge, you know, porterhouse steak meal for like five bucks um, today. And you, so, and, and that's true almost everywhere in the world, as far as the dollar is concerned. Um, So while the dollar is hurting here locally from the standpoint of prices are going up, the credit rating of the currency has held up pretty well with respect to how the currency is holding up in world markets Okay, that's all fine and good, but let's get to the point. The point is economic productivity is what determines whether you have inflation or not, because it's what determines whether your credit rating is good or not. And why did we have this inflation? We have talked about and and I'm even I'll I'll take the responsibility for maybe being overemphasizing Things like the 42% increase in the money supply, which certainly has an, a, a, a role in this. But more importantly, and we did also say, the shutting down of the economy has, was the absolute most insanely stupid thing that we could do with respect to inflation. Because even if you didn't have a massive increase in the money supply, if you had no production happening, if you shut down the productive side of the economy, what are you going to end up with? You're going to end up with shortages as we did. Supply chains were a mess and prices going up. So what's most important is to promote economic activity and productive economic activity in order to be able to keep prices stable. And, you know, what have we been doing um, besides the obvious of shutting down the economy for the COVID debacle was, was crazy. There have been many myriad other things that we've done from a regulatory standpoint, to say the least, as well as just the general policy standpoint that has been just incredibly destructive to economic productivity and economic growth, i.e. massive subsidies for electric cars. And George brings this up. We have no way of supporting 300 million electric cars in this country from an electrical grid standpoint. The grid is deteriorating. It's not going to be able to support that. And yet we're telling people you can get $7,500 in credits to go out and buy an electric car, which you can't afford anyway. So it's things like that. If we take it to the regulatory environment, let's look at what's happening with crypto right now. It's very possible that the regulatory environment, which is effectively non-existent in the crypto world, is going to stultify any chance for crypto to be able to proliferate 
you have what looks to be like a regime, a regulatory regime, whether it be the SEC or banking regulators, that are perfectly happy to not be providing, and I, I think you have to throw Congress into the mix here as being guilty on this too, not providing a set of rules to enforce for the for how to deal with these crypto assets. Instead, what they're doing is making the rules up after the fact. In other words, they're 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 going around and 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 saying to these crypto uh, particularly crypto finance operations and saying, um, we're going to, we're going to go after you based on the rules that we are showing you now. <laughs> in other words, you're, you, you failed to, to adhere to the rules that we have made up um, in, in the dark and are presenting to you now that we're going to nail you for not following these rules. In other words, we have no guideposts. We have no road rules of the road. We have no map. We it's, it's the same. It's effectively, you know, undoing all of the traffic rules and telling cars, it's a free for all. Y'all just go drive wherever you want to drive. And then we're going to come back and throw lawsuits and restrictions and taxes and, and fines and maybe even criminal, you know, complaints um, after we've decided, after you've crashed. And we said, well, you didn't follow the rules. You know, what were the rules? (laughs) There weren't any. So this is uh, this is causing massive confusion, and I think it's really important that that um, and and it's remarkable that companies are are managing through this. You know, we've gone through another earnings season, or we're almost done with another earnings season, which I will grant has had a lot of companies feeling the need. They actually have largely come out with better than expected reported earnings, but are really feeling the need to come out and downplay the future, and so they're all reducing their guidance for expectations of for the next you know quarter and year for fear i think it's a lot of covering your tail for fear of this recession that is you know the most predicted recession that hasn't happened yet or or maybe we're in it who knows i don't know that it really matters especially when you're like us and we'll own things through multiple economic cycles anyway but the the fact that there is this consternation going on is kind of part and parcel of what i'm talking about of the over emphasis on these authority, the Fed and on, uh, and unfortunately, the the overuse of the regulatory tools to really hold back economic productivity and economic growth. And so it's remarkable that companies are able to do as well as they are able to do in this environment. Um, if you're if you're trying to manage through this without a discipline, without a plan, good luck. I've stumped Doug. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> I was just trying not to I interrupt didn't mean you. mean to go on a real rant. Well, That's probably one of the more lengthy rants I've been on. There's a lot of spikes in your audio over the past. I mean, there's not much. In I look at the I'm, audio. In I'm, other words, my voice is I'm doing the, My I'm volume doing, is going Well, up. I'm talking I'm doing the, that great podcast thing where I describe what's happening in the audio wave file. It's, uh, anyway, just there's lots of Jerry activity, not much Doug for a change. Okay. I thought about interrupting your flow and saying something about Congress is playing Calvin ball with the rules or something, but I decided to let it go. I, I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's possible that um, as we can go back to crypto for a second, it's possible that this is all part of the sort of nefarious plan to reign in crypto, but it's not, what's going to happen is it's going to go offshore. It's going to go elsewhere. How that, how U S citizens will be able to participate or play in that, you know, that, that will, that's, that's a good question. Um, but 
<clears throat> this is this is something that's going to have to get corrected. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the boondoggle that has been, for example, this ESG and, um, you know, climate fascination uh, is, I, I think, I think we're going to find that this may end up being one of the most um, devastating and destructive movements from government, you know, that we can possibly have, have come up with or have, uh, that we will have ever seen. Um, it's so oxymoronic. It's not even funny. I mean, how do you create, when we go back to that electric car thing, how do you create the infrastructure? Uh, and by the way, I don't care about better battery technology from Musk or whatever. You need these rare earth minerals to do that. Do you really think the same people that are, (laughs) that are putting these kinds of, of requirements on, on whether, you know, like California saying you're going to have to have electric vehicles by 2035, which I'm not sure if it was true, but I think I just heard something that said they were trying to push that out to 2045 now. Not sure if that was right or not. Um, so don't, don't put that down as gospel, but n- nonetheless, can you imagine um, what kind of damage to the economy and the, or excuse me, to the environment that, that mining rare earth minerals is, is, is going to do or is doing, um, which kind of gets you to the point that this isn't about the environment. It's not about the environment. We all know it's history has proven that economic growth is what helps keep the environment clean, helps us, you know, the air clean, air quality and water quality be clean. Go just if you don't believe that, just go to any of the third world nations that have backwards economic systems and they're they're the dirtiest, most polluting places in the world. China being at the top of that list. So. I told the, you I was fit to spit. Yeah. So, the, but the 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 way out for the investor that owned good companies. Well, we say that all the time, but I, I hate to say it, but you just keep coming back to that. I mean, we we talked we just talked to a number of companies today, and you, you know, in communication with managements who are yes, I you know, and I've we've we've kind of pushed back on some of them for being as you know cautious about the future, but you know, kind of understand that in this world. Um, nonetheless, what's going to end up happening and, you know, the cynical view is, oh, they're just setting themselves up to be able to meet lower expectations. Okay. Or beat lower expectations. Okay. Probably to some extent, but the point is, is that they keep, they keep coming in one quarter after another, after another, after another and doing just that. So maybe it's a plan, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Um, you know, they need to be able to they need to run their businesses and they do, and they are. And so, um, look, in this environment, taking on that approach, I, I, I couldn't feel more confident and comfortable with managing through multiple market and economic cycles than in a period like this, because otherwise you'd just be going nuts trying to figure out what, you know, what's next, what do we do? And so what's the Fed going to do? What's the, you know, what's Congress going to do? What's the legislative, what, what we will look, if it, if it's, if we're all going to, if it's all ending, it doesn't matter. Um, we're going to go off the premise that the broader electorate in America, the broader set of cooler heads will prevail. That this sort of experiment that we're, we're having right now with what would, I would say is far progressive policy is 
is, is running its course. And um, I've, I've had someone say to me, do you think this is just the, the further proliferation of that and, and that it's going to just end up taking over or is this the last gasp? And I think, I think it might be the last gasp that, that, you know, somehow the electorate is allowed these folks to, to gain power. It's a fairly small minority of people that actually think that planned economies and socialism and Marxism work. It doesn't, but we know that from history, but there are some that will never learn from history and they somehow grabbed the reins of power. Um, I don't think that's sustainable. And we're, we're getting to that point. I think where a major correction is happening. It will happen one way or another politically, which then will play into policy and saner heads will prevail and, and we'll get some of this, this stuff fixed. Meanwhile, back at the Duke farm. Thank goodness. We have companies that will continue to power through these kinds of, of odd times. Do you think that we're stuck in in this until the election? Um, I mean, I think the last, you know, the the fact is we have pretty much gridlock right right now. So that's, that's a good thing. At least it's been, you know, the stopgap has been put in place, but we need to undo some of this stuff and you're not going to get it undone until you get change of leadership. I don't know what that's going to end up looking like, by the way, because we could get know, worse leadership. That's possible. It's possible. I yeah. doubt. I doubt it this time around. I kind of doubt it, but who knows? We'll see. I mean, there's, there's. Um, I think there's probably there, there's hopeful signs out there, whether or not uh, it happens in two years or six years or four years or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I think that that correction is coming. And by the way, this has been long coming as well. It's not just the recent, you know, political um, power structure. It's been, this has been slowly infiltrating on, on both sides of the political spectrum, by the way. Um, and I think, I think it's, I, I think that's, it's, it's running its course. Fortunately, um, we do still have generally low and I say generally low because it's maybe not low enough, but generally low levels of, you know, what percentage, for example, the government is of GDP. You know, it's still, you know, I think low 20% in this country. You know, there's places that, that are significantly higher that you would think were free countries like Canada and Australia, New Zealand, UK that are higher, much higher, surprisingly. Um, Tax rates, well, they could be lower or not so egregious as they were, like, say, in the late, you know, late 70s um, or late 60s. So there's still there's still things that have been put in place that are that are helping us. The low court, relatively low compared to historical standards, corporate tax rates, particularly. I mean, taxing corporations is silly. I mean, it just it just gets added into the price of whatever that corporations selling. So, but again, that's not something that sells politically as well, but so there's, there's still things that have been, were done over the last 40 years, let's say that are in place that are helping us. 
that, you know, so not, not, not all is lost, but the trend really got out of control here. Now there's a correction coming. Political correction. Yes. Which has already had an economic correction. Correct. At least, this, at least we're 15 months into one. Correct. And who you listen to. All right. Well, anything else you want to add, Jerry? Well, not on this one, because it could go on and on and on. There's, there's, there's more issues, but um, I think that, I think that, that's good. What were we supposed to talk about ETFs? Uh, that just gets me more uptight. So we still owe the audience an ETF episode. It's all tied, by the way. It's all tied together. We'll, we'll make that the connection. Grand we'll make theory. that connection in another podcast. But we won't promise next week because we set ourselves up for No promises. Never make promises. Because, you know, when considering the fact that we do all of, all of our podcast planning, like this time we did it after the podcast started. I had to read something. It was awful. I know. It was, I mean, the, well, the so piece wasn't awful. Just the fact that I had to prepare. I guess we did. <laughs> I guess we there was some planning before because you read the you read the the report that, from George Gilder. Yeah, basically Kudos to George. Interest rates. He's his thesis is interest. The Fed doesn't have the control over inflation. People say it does. Yeah, so maybe someday we can get George on the podcast. Yes, we we'll have to talk to our producer. Yes, who's that? I whoever it is, I question his competence. Okay, <laughs> and he probably never should have been hired. <laughs> All right. Well, again, check us out online, taylorforgone.com. Remember, rate us on iTunes. Go to our Instagram account, taylorforgone.invest. And we appreciate you listening. Until next week, I'm Doug. And I'm Jerry. Thank you for joining us on the Long Only Podcast. Mm-hmm.